0: Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your city upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategy so you can get out there and get some stuff done, (laughs) done for your king, King Jesus, that is. He's the only one worth working for, praise the Lord. Well, there's other people that God has you assigned to your employers and whatnot, praise God, they're worth working for. But uh, I tell you, there's nothing like serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You could be doing your own thing or you could be doing his thing. You could be a slave for the devil, or you could give your your life to Jesus. I'm telling you, friend, you need to give your life to Jesus. And, uh, boy, there's a whole world awaiting you. There's a plan. There's a purpose. Uh, The Hebrew word is Derek. It's your God-ordained path that he's already thought out in advance. Several scriptures uh, that give us that revelation that he's already gone into your future and established that And he's come back to you now and said, follow me and I'll take you into the best for you because he's the master planner. He has worked on this masterpiece. You are his masterpiece in the making. And so just follow Jesus, friend, and he'll get you where you need to go. Listen, the devil's going to try and come in and lie to you and deceive you and trick you and try to get you off course, but you're going to stay strong. You're going to stay true. And you're not going to get off your path no matter what. What? All right, here we go. You ready to jump into the podcast today? I'm going to talk about the law of transformation. Come on, if you're going to turn your city upside down, you need to know the laws that govern the spirit realm and uh, so we can take advantage of them. Come on. Once you know how the laws work, the laws will give you the tactical advantage. If you'll work with the law and not against the law, then uh, you'll see exponential increase and forward movement and momentum listen, we're able to fly in airplanes because we're not working against the law of lift, aerodynamics, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know all the laws you know that can govern flight, but uh, we're able to fly in airplanes because we work with the laws, not against them. And can you see how it's to our advantage now? We're able to get from point A to point B a lot faster because we said, how does the law work? How does the law of gravity, how does the law of lift how, how does the law of aerodynamics, how do these other laws work? And once we find out how they work, instead of working against them, uh, let's work with them and utilize them for our own advantage. Same, uh, same thought, same principle with the laws of the Spirit. Let's not work against them. Let's figure out how they work and then use them to our advantage. So we're going to talk about the law of transformation. And if you've got a Bible handy, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 and it says this do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind the, the comma uh, whenever you see a comma like in the new king james you could most in most instances put a so so that okay comma so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God some people are walking in good things but just because it's good doesn't mean it's God you probably heard heard that some people are in the acceptable or the permissive will of God Uh, but don't you know there's the perfect will and you want to get over into the perfect will of God you don't want to just hang out in the good stuff it may not be bad Uh, it may be good but it doesn't mean it's perfect Uh, it may be permissible Uh, But it doesn't mean that that's God's perfect will. And he'll work with you. You know, he'll work with our ignorance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your long suffering and tender mercies. Uh, But we need to strive to get over into the perfect will of God. And you can do that, this verse tells us, by renewing your mind. Now, uh, the word prove there, I just read that out um, out of the New King James. But the word prove there is the same word allow. So you need to renew your mind. And as you renew your mind or to the degree that you renew your mind is the degree that you allow, come on, the revelation knowledge of God's perfect will to enter into your life, into your understanding, into your knowledge, and then you'll be able to walk in it. And so you need to renew your mind to allow God's perfect will. So um, we're... We have a part in this. God isn't just going to uh, bulldoze you over. He's not just going to overwhelm you. Uh, He's not going to make you do something. And you can develop mental strongholds, patterns of thought, ways of thinking that are contrary to God's ways, His will, and therefore limit Him. Uh, There's a scripture in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, it says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. Well, how did they limit Him? Well, they were grumbling, they were complaining. Uh, They were full of fear, full of doubt. Well, until you get your mind renewed, uh, you're in some ways, whether you're cognitive or not, until your mind's renewed, you're going to limit walking. You're going to limit yourself walking in the perfect will of God. God's perfect will is extended to you. You know, this isn't a performance based do good and I'll show you my will. No, his will is already extended to you. But you've got to posture yourself to hear, see, and, and obey what's being revealed to you. Praise the Lord. All right, Colossians chapter one, verse 13. Let's turn there. Colossians. And uh, the books, or no, let me say it like this: the letters, Ephesians, Colossians, um, Romans, Corinthians, uh, the letters you need to really spend. The bulk of your study time in the letters. Uh, yeah, read the Old Testament's phenomenal. Read the Gospels. They're phenomenal. But uh, in order to really develop yourself as a born-again, a new creation in Christ Jesus, you really need to stay in the letters. The revelation of who you are in Christ and what you have in him and what was uh, new creation realities after redemption is found in the letters. It's not found in the Gospels and it's not found in the Old Testament. The Old Testament and the Gospels is primarily speaking to uh, Jews and Gentiles, but uh, in the letters is the image of, or the mirror, James said, of the uh, new man in Christ Jesus. So these letters are phenomenal. Uh, and so just stay in the letters. Stay in the letters more than anywhere else. If, if you're going to, you know, just default to, certain reading, you know, uh, add more of your time in the letters than anywhere else. Praise the Lord. You need to read everything, but just double up, triple up on your time in the letters. All right. Colossians chapter one, verse 13. It says he has delivered or rescued us from the power of darkness and conveyed one translations transferred or translated us into the kingdom. Look at verse uh, 14. In whom, in Christ, we have now, we could say, redemption. And uh, this word redemption is phenomenal. It's a transliterated word. Um, and in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, uh, we see that redemption, the transliterated word uh, that we would know as redemption in the book of Exodus is translated division or difference. It's also translated wall of separation, or we could say it like this, it's a protected realm of influence. You know, we were within the kingdom, we were within the realm, we were within the control of, uh, we were slaves to another overlord, and that was Satan. And he's the father of the sons of disobedience. But when we were born again, Christ, uh, through the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ, um, him triumphing over death, hell, and the grave, taking the keys, etc., through that work uh, and his overwhelming power and authority now, he has translated us out of that kingdom. We've been purchased out of that. We've been delivered out of that. We are no longer forsaken there. Uh, Satan is no longer our father. We're born again. We are a new creation that has never existed before. And uh, y- Yahweh, uh, Yehovah, uh, Yohei uh the tetragrammaton, he, he is now, He is now our Father. And we've been translated, transferred into a totally different kingdom now. Now, there is a division, same word, redemption. Now there is a difference, same word, redemption. Now there's a wall of separation, same word, redemption. You know, um, we're redeemed. Well, we're different, we're redeemed. Well, there's a division now between us and those who are still in the kingdom of darkness. There's a total difference between who, who is our father, who is our influencer, what spirit is in us, Than the spirit that's in the world, than the influence of that other kingdom. Uh, You know, the Heavenly Father is not necessarily, if we could say it like this, influencing those who are of darkness because their Father, uh, because they're sons of disobedience, their Father is the devil. But our Father, our ear, our heart is turned to our Heavenly Father, and therefore there is a, a difference, there's a division, there's a redemption. Oh, praise the Lord. There's a wall of separation. We are now in a protected realm of influence. All right, now let's go to Ephesians chapter four. And see, the letters tell us this. You know, if if you only read the gospels, man, the gospels are phenomenal. But if you only read the gospels, uh, you wouldn't find out what is yours by the way of Jesus Uh, being crucified, dying on the cross, going to hell for three days, and then being resurrected. You find out what is now available through covenant, post-resurrection of Jesus, in the letters. The Gospels don't tell you any of that. Uh, The Gospels talk a lot about what's going to happen to the Jews and the Gentiles, but you need to find out what's going to happen to you in the letters. Listen, in the Old Testament, uh, there's two groups of people. There's the Jews and the Goyim, or the Gentiles, or the nations. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's two groups of people. We begin to find out in Acts, in, in particularly, and then onward, this who this third group of people are that show up on, on the scene. They weren't in the Old Testament, and they weren't in the first part of the New Testament, you know. Uh, but it's The church and uh corinthians tells us that the jews the nations and the church that's the third third person the, the 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 new category of people that are totally brand new to history but they only show up on the scene after christ's redemptive work because now they can be born again and when you're born again you're neither jew nor greek and so if, if you're born again, you're, you're no longer a Jew. If you're born again, you're no longer a Gentile. Now you are one spirit with the Lord. You are a new man in Christ Jesus. We're known throughout the New Testament now, and particularly the letters, we're known metaphorically as the bride, the body, and the building. Oh, praise the Lord. It's good, good stuff. Again, double up your time in the letters you know uh nothing wrong obviously with reading the old testament nothing wrong with reading the gospels read the whole bible cuz you're going to get a very broad picture but if you want to find out what you're uh to be doing and what you look like in fact um let's see here we're in ephesians 4 but let's let's look at this go to james uh james chapter Let me find it. James chapter one, listen to this. It says, uh, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. James is is telling us here in that passage in James chapter 1, that was verse 24. What kind of man are you? Well, when you look into the word, and particularly the letters, you find reflecting what kind of man you are. And when you look into the letters, when you, when you look into the revelation, that in particularly, uh, in large part came through uh, Paul, but when you look into those letters, when you look into what Holy Spirit was writing to you, the born again citizen of the kingdom, uh, you find out what kind of man you are. You're, you're not a Jew anymore. You're not a Gentile. You are now a son of God. And when you look into that word, when you look into the mirror of the word, what you see reflected back at you is who you really are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All right, Ephesians 4, 21. And uh, it says this, if indeed you have heard him, that's Christ, and have been taught by him because all truth is in Jesus. He is the truth. Verse twenty-two. Then it says, "Take off your old ways of living, your former self." Uh, one translation says, "Discard your old, unrenewed self, which has sprung from delusion." That's the Amplified there. So he's saying, if you have heard Christ um, and been taught by Him, meaning you've heard Christ, so you the Word has come, and probably at this point you've been born again. Remember, we're talking about the law of transformation. These are how things work in the spirit. We're talking about the law of transformation, renewing our mind. We're putting off uh, something that is brought over into our new reality in the kingdom of the son of his love. But we're putting off, now, now Now, we're told to put off something. We've been transferred out of one kingdom, but we may have a little bit of baggage. Okay, this is, uh, if I could set set it up kind of like that. So he's saying now take off your old ways of living. Now this is particularly directed at the way you think. Um we may have to look at Romans 7 here in just a minute. Yeah, let's uh I'm going to turn to Romans 7 and we'll see if we get to this point. But when you're born again, Your spirit, man, is created brand new. The Zoe life of God is now in you. You are a son of God, born again, born of the word, Peter tells us. Uh, Not of incorruptible seed, uh, or excuse me, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. You are born of the word. When you're born again, you are born of the word. Hallelujah. You are now a pure, righteous spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. You are not a body. You are not a soul. You are not just a mind. You are a spirit being. You utilize a soul, mind, will, and emotions, but that part of you, your spirit man, lives in a body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. When you're born again, your body's not born again. The Bible tells us that that part of us has been subjected to a spiritual condition called mortality, we will put off this spiritual state, this physical spiritual state of mortality. We will put on immortality and take a body that is likened unto his, okay? But that time hasn't come yet. So we have this part of us that is not born again. Then we have the soul part and that part's not born again because you are not a soul, you are a spirit. So that part of you is born again but you still have a soul. And in Romans, it says you got to renew your mind. And to the degree that you renew your mind is the degree that you begin to walk in the fullness of the perfect will of God. God's not going to do a thing outside of your mind. you got to use your mind. Don't throw your mind away, but it needs to be re- renewed. Uh, look, Look at this. Yeah, let's go to Romans 7 here. So in Romans 7, Paul says this, verse 19, For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. I find then a law, here's a law, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Watch this. Verse 22, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Verse 23, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. All right, what's what's he saying there? Well, let me uh, paraphrase it. He says, why is it that I do things I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I want to do? He says, I'm seeing a law here. There's something warring within me, the law of my mind. But he said, according to the inward man, I want to do right. But that part of Paul and that part of you and that part of me, that's the born again part. That's the part that's pure before God. That's, that's the part that's holy and righteous before him. That's the spirit. The Bible says that if you're united with Christ, you're one with him. All right, so that part of us is one with Christ. And he's saying from within, from my born-again spirit, I want to do what's right. I'm awake now to the reality of God's ways, God's kingdom, and I want to do what's right. But he said, I'm seeing a law and primarily this law of my mind. And it's, it's fighting against. Galatians says that it's these, these two fight against one another. Well, what is that? Well, because you, you have the same mind and the same flesh that you had before your spirit was born again. And the way you live, the way you thought, the, the paradigms, the mindsets that you had about certain stuff, all that has to be changed. You were raised in a kingdom that was full of twisted, perverted, uh, degraded reality. But when you were born again, you were translated out of that kingdom over into the kingdom of the son of his love. you got a brand new spirit. You're alive under God. That's, that's, that's how you could have been translated out of there. You are no longer dead. You were living. But you have the baggage of your old ways of thinking. You have the baggage, if you will, of the flesh nature. That's what's in your members, uh, certain things you liked to do that felt good, looked good, tasted good, whatever, etc. Those things in the mind have to be renewed. And those things that your flesh, the habits, the appetites of the flesh have to be disciplined. And this is what he's saying here. Uh, and again, he says kind of the same thing in Ephesians 4. He's saying, you've got to put off your old way of living. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have to change your mind. You've got to learn the new way to do a thing. You did certain things in your old life. You did certain things when all you knew was darkness. And he's saying, now, look, you've come into light. Once you see a thing in the light, you've got to renew your mind or change your mind and say, I can't do it like this, even though that's all I knew. I'm seeing... This now I'm seeing the truth about that. I've got to change my mind. I've got to renew my 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 mind now. This is the right way of living and being. That's called righteousness. And so I've got to put off un, un unrighteousness. So he's saying here like like an old dirty shirt, like dirty clothes. Listen, you are a royalty now. You take off them paupers' clothes. Change the way you think. Put off that poverty thinking. Put off that sick thinking. Put off that defeated thinking. Why? Because you're a king's kid now. Now, all you knew before because you were being lied to, you know, your previous overlord, the devil, he lied to you because he hates you. He didn't tell you the truth. He hates you. He hates you because you're in the image of the Almighty. And he's been banished forever, and he hates you. So he lied to you. He's a perverter, he's a twister, and he twisted everything. The way you think, the way you act, um, your vision, your lack thereof, the fears, all that were imputed into you. He uh, force-fed you, so to speak, these deceits. But when you called out to Christ because the way was made, now you're, you've been translated, and anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay? You've been translated out because that's what's been purchased. Okay, Your freedom's been purchased. When you come to the knowledge that you can be free, then there's nothing the devil can do when you call on Christ to deliver you. All right, So you've been translated. Now you're over here, and you don't know anything about how to live in the kingdom because you've never lived In this before. You've only lived over here under darkness, under oppression, under depression, under poverty, under sickness. Those were your masters. Those were your taskmasters. But now you've been born again, and he's saying, Look, over here, there's no poverty, there's no sickness. Over here, it's Jesus is Lord. Over here, Heavenly Father is our loving Father, and He has a plan for you. And there are laws in this kingdom. And he's saying, I want you to learn these laws because I want you to grow up and become who you are in me. And that's a priest, a king, a son, a daughter. Hallelujah. You have a place in the kingdom. You're going to rule and reign with me. But you don't know anything about how to do that yet. And so you're going to renew your mind. You are going to put off, uh, you're going to exchange All your thoughts on poverty are things that you learned over in this kingdom and you're going to exchange them for what you're learning or the revelation that you're getting out of the word concerning whatever topic, whether it's prosperity, healing, or whatever. A lot of people want to maintain what they knew or understood of prosperity or poverty or healing or sickness or whatever suffering. They want to bring over into the kingdom what the devil told them about all that stuff. He said, no, 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 no. We're not going to tolerate that here. You've been delivered from that. There's a difference now. There's a wall of separation. And over on this side, in the the kingdom of the son of his love, we're going to teach you and train you what righteousness is. And whenever you're confronted with a different way of thinking, then the Bible says what you're going to do is you're going to take that new thought and you're going to renew your mind with it. You're going to exchange. You're going to put off the way you used to think about this and you're going to exchange it now for the revelation that you're getting from Christ, from the Word, from how things work in the Spirit. Again, Ephesians 4, that's what he's saying. He's saying, if you have heard Christ, if you are being taught by Him, then take off. Exchange, Put off your old way of living. <laughs> I kind of had a little spasm there. Take off your old way of living, your former self. Listen, that former, all your former memories came over with you because it's the law of the mind and it's the nature of the flesh. But your spirit is alive unto God. Now you can hear, you're awake, so to speak. You're alive to seeing and knowing the truth. You are a spirit being capable now of being in the light. And that light is the light. It is illuminating your being. And you're seeing now, you're comparing to the light and what you see in the light. You're comparing that now to what you had brought over from your previous dead living. And he's saying wherever there's that contradiction, wherever the light is exposing something, and you're seeing something different in you and in your thinking than what you see in the light, that's what you renew. That's what you put off. That's what you exchange. And you put on as a way of thinking. You put on as a way of doing. You put on disciplines, boundaries, uh, uh, parameters, whatever whatever you see in the light cuz that's the truth and that's the law of liberty that James talks about there when you look into the word what you're seeing is the true law of liberty you've not known freedom uh when you were uh when you were dead unto Christ before you were born again you you were dead you uh, the devil was your father you didn't know freedom you didn't know freedom at all All you knew was bondage. All you knew was lies and deceit. He's the father of lies. So when you got born again, now you're over here and you don't know anything about freedom except what's being revealed to you. And you're changing the way you think to line up with what's being revealed. Now, I want to get to this word in the Amplified in verse 22, Ephesians 4.22. It says, uh, take off your old ways Uh, Discard your old, unrenewed self, which is sprung from delusion. Delusion. This word, delusion, is phenomenal. Uh, People say, "Well, they're just delusional." Well, they they may be, but but what 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 are we saying? They're not just crazy. They're not just lunatics. Uh, When somebody says, "Well, they're just delusional," I think most people associate that with lunacy. Well, delusion is actually this. Here's a working definition. Delusion Delusion is a way of thinking that is resistant to confrontation with truth. Delusion, a way of thinking that is resistant to confrontation with truth. Listen, he's saying, look, you are now in the kingdom. You uh, have to be aware of delusion. You don't want to uh, avoid any kind of confrontation with truth. Listen, the truth and knowing the truth, the Bible says, well, what? It will set you free. You want to be confronted with truth because at every intersection, at every confrontation with truth is another opportunity for you to put off an old way of thinking, an old deception, an old bondage, an old deceit, and put on Christ. Verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay, we're talking about the law of transformation. And it has a lot to do with your mind. Your mind uh, or your soul probably should say it quite, yeah, I should probably say it like that, that your soul is kind of the middleman. That's the part that is interacting simultaneously with the natural realm and with the spirit realm. Your soul is interacting with your spirit, uh, but your spirit has to go through the soul, has to go through the mind in order to interact with the natural realm. And so um, while the dominant part of you needs to be your spirit, you have to subject or yield your soul to your spirit in order that spiritual realities can be made manifest in the natural so that your physical body will experience all that God has for you spiritually. Oh, praise God for it. Healing will flow through, uh, comes from the spirit realm, flows through the spirit of a man and into the body, but you've got to connect. You've got to proper, properly align the three elements of your life your spirit, soul, body. You don't want to be body, soul, spirit. You don't want your body to be in charge, be led around by every fleshly desire, every lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Uh, that's just not sexual things. You can lust for anything, it's just a, an overindulgence in natural things, sensual. Sensual Sensual isn't necessarily sexual. It is, but it's not necessarily that. It's sense. Sense. The senses. Sensual. It's an indulgence in the senses. Sensual. You don't want to be uh, given over to the lust of the flesh. You don't want to be given over into sensual. Uh, sensual. I can't even say it. Sensual. You know what I'm trying to say. I can't even say it now. That's allowing the senses to overindulge in natural things. And if you do that, you're going to be numb, as it were, to spiritual things. No, you want to be spiritually minded. You want to set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. If you set your mind on things of the earth, that's where you're going to be lustful or sensual. What you can see, taste, touch, smell, natural, natural, natural-minded, carnal-minded, flesh-minded. You have a body, but it's got to be subjected or aligned in the right, proper order, or you're not going to walk in God's perfect will for you. Hallelujah. So he's saying here, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Or we can say it like this, you've got to change the way you think. Verse 24 says, "so that you can put on the new you, walk in the new way of living, which was created according to God's image, true righteousness, or God's way of doing things." Again, after being brought into the kingdom of God, we begin to remove from our from ourselves all of the old things that were associated with the way we used to live. You you still have all those memories. Uh you're not condemned for those memories you're not condemned necessarily for the appetite that's in the members, but you've got to allow the truth to confront you and uh, allow the truth to say, look, over here, that's not righteous. Over in this kingdom, those desires, those thoughts, those feelings, those appetites, they're not righteous. What is righteous? God's way of living and being. Where? In the kingdom of light. So confrontation, whenever you're confronted with these things, whenever truth would confront you on a lust problem or a sensual problem, again, I'm not talking sexual, but if truth would confront you Uh, and say, look, you are overindulging in sense-able things, then don't take condemnation. Say, thank you, Holy Ghost, that you are continuing to work with me and reveal to me that over here in the kingdom of the Son of His love, in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of God, those things, habits, thoughts, appetites, actions, aren't righteous. I was lied to about them over here. All I've known before I was born again is what this kingdom, what the devil was telling me. And he was saying, do what feels good. He was saying, do what feels right to you. Uh, Notice, let me show you this in James, since I kind of alluded to that. Notice what James says here. In James chapter 3, we find out that there is a wisdom that is earthly, See, this this is the wisdom or the high thought of the kingdom of darkness. It's not a high thought. I mean, it's not near as high as God's ways. Uh, He says, my ways are higher than yours. Okay, Uh, what was he referring to? Well, he's referring to the ways or the high thought of the kingdom of darkness is way below the high thought or the high living of the kingdom of light. But the high way... The highway in the kingdom of darkness is all based on earthliness, fleshiness, naturalness. You got to understand that natural is like a prison, say. Uh, We were never to be dead unto Christ. We were never to have the glory lift. We were never uh, to not understand that we were spirits born of the Father. Natural is is a fall from that. And so all we've known because of the first Adam, all we've known is this imprisonment of only knowing and interacting and understanding natural things. And that's the realm that the devil operates in. That's the realm uh, Corinthians says that he's the God of. He's the God of that realm, all things natural. Notice what it says here, sensual. It's, It's not necessarily sexual. It is sense-led. You are more uh, sense-aware than you are spirit. And primarily he's saying natural sense. You know, there's spiritual senses, but here we're primarily speaking to the natural senses. This is where in the kingdom of darkness, whatever makes you feel good, it's all about you, how how you feel. How does it make you feel? Do you feel good? You know, we're trying to get these, you fork feelings this is why people get high or they get uh, drunk or they you know do other things that where they they're trying they're just trying to get the all this natural fleshy carnal sensual lustful feelings and experiences it's all natural it's the high thought in this realm but he's saying look you've been born again and and you're over here now and so now Jesus and the word saying, here's the high thought in this kingdom. You're used to striving for the high thought over over there. But he says, let me tell you how it works over here. And he's saying, be aware, this wisdom, it's all all you knew, but it's demonic. That's James 3.15. He's saying that wisdom, the high thought in that other kingdom, it's demonic. And when you come over here, because we're far above, we're seated high above all these other powers and and, uh, authorities. And the high thought of the kingdom is so superior, so far, it's super above the highest thought in that kingdom of darkness. You got to allow yourself to be confronted with righteousness. Now, if you're immature, uh, even though you're born again, but if you're still a baby and touchy, uh, and irritable, the truth of the word is going to confront you, um, but you got to watch out that you don't reject it. Well, that's what you would do over here because um, it, 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 it was all self-seeking over here, but over here, it's not self-seeking. All glory goes to the Father and truth will confront your ways of thinking. Truth will confront your attitudes. Truth will confront uh, what you consider high thought And it'll confront you in order to get you to be transformed. Hallelujah. All right, so um, again, after being brought into the kingdom of God, we begin to remove uh, from ourselves all of the old things associated with the way we used to live. The Bible says we do that by removing our ways of thinking your life is a result of what you believe. It's a result of how you think your life is a reflection of what you believe. It's a reflection of how you think. And at the end of the day, you will only do what you believe. And man, praise God that, um, you're not kicked out of the kingdom. You're not, you're not rejected, uh, cast out of God's family. Uh, simply because you haven't learned this or that. But being in the kingdom, uh, Jesus in particular, he's tasked now with developing you. And the word will do just that. The word will begin to confront you. Not, not because the word doesn't love you. It's because the word's trying to wash you and cleanse you and purify you from your former Conduct. All right, let's look at this, and I think we'll bring this podcast to a close starting right here. Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, 2. So it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove or allow God's perfect will. Anything in our life, the way we have lived and the results thereof we have experienced can be changed. The Bible tells us that transformation is possible if we will renew our minds, change the way we think, mold it and shape it after God's way of thinking. I think I referenced this, but Isaiah 55, verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, uh, or nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9 For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your, your thoughts. Now, nowhere in that verse is, is he saying that you uh, won't be able to come up, but he's addressing the fact that you're used to thinking in such a way that is so low, it's so earthy, it is so natural, sensual, sensual. it is so lustful. He's, really, he's extending the invitation to come up to his way of thinking. That's righteousness. His ways are a product of his thoughts. And here uh, he's addressing the exiles who were lured into Babylonian captivity and lifestyles. They were entrapped in the system of man, and he's calling them back, just like he's calling you and me back. And many of us have already accepted uh, his invitation. Uh, we've said, yes, deliver us, save us. Man, we were lost without you. Now we're in the process of transformation. So here they are in essence going, well, this is too good to be true. This is beyond us. But God is saying this is foreign to you because you've not thought like this. This is a high thought. And because you don't think like I think you you cannot or you won't or you wouldn't see or experience what he sees or experiences again, God is extending the invitation to you and me to come up in our thinking, to change the way we think, and to no longer think according to a low way, but he's giving us. Remember what the Bible says, let this mind be in you. Well, what mind? The high mind. I'm not talking about being high-minded, not talking about being prideful about yourself, but we're talking about the level at which God thinks he's extending, has extended that invitation to you and me to come up there. Now, um, the word conformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word conform uh, is where we get the English word schematic. It means to be shaped, molded, or patterned after. It's a compound word, con, form, con, with, or together Form is way, pattern, or process. And so when we get conform, we get to be merged with another through a way, pattern, or process. He said, don't be conformed to to, to the world. Um, If you you look to the world for your answers, if you reject opportunity to have a conversation with righteousness— If you reject your privilege now that you're in the kingdom uh, to have the light of the word illuminate you where you will be trained and taught, all things spiritual will be revealed to you. If you reject that opportunity and you go back to the world, you'll be conformed. Uh, You'll be patterned after their way of thinking. He's saying "Don't don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Now, uh, conformity in one sense is neutral. The idea the concept is neutral. It depends on what end results um, you're being conformed to. You can be conformed to the image or the pattern of Christ, uh, or you can be conformed to the image and the pattern of the world. The choice is yours, but transformation will only result if you allow yourself to be conformed after the pattern of Christ here in Romans 12, two, we're told not to be conformed to the world. Romans eight twenty nine says he also predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. That's, that's the end game. That's what we want. This world carries the idea that, um, uh, this conformity is not possible alone. Uh, Excuse me, this word carries the idea that conformity is not possible alone. Conformity requires pressure. Think of a plastic mold. Substance is forced into a tight chamber, and then intense heat and pressure is applied to create the finished product, resulting in the image of the mold. Where is the pressure applied, biblically speaking? Well, according to the Bible, the pressure is applied to the mind. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this was the battle that Paul alluded to in Romans 7. But listen, you, you can do this. If you'll stay in the word, the word will begin to pull out and uproot thorns, thistles, wrong thinking, um, wrong ideas, wrong concepts. If, if you'll make a decision to stick with the word, the word will begin to root out of you Anything of your old way, your former self, and the word will begin to renew and transform you. But you got to stay with the world. In the world, no one is conformed without help. Same it is in the kingdom. In the kingdom, no one is conformed without help. And that's the Holy Spirit who is our helper. Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant to you that you would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Hallelujah. And so he's going to help you, and you will uh, experience transformation if you allow Holy Spirit to do what he has been tasked to do, and he's called the spirit of truth. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at this last word here, and it's the word Transform and we get the word uh, metamorphosis. You're familiar with the caterpillar into butterfly, right? That's a metamorphosis. A caterpillar goes through a metamorphosis in order to become a butterfly. Now, uh, the word metamorpho, the Greek word metamorpho, it means to change into another form or to transfigure. Transfigure means to change the appearance of something or someone into an elevated, or exalted state or form. That's the image and the pattern of Christ Jesus. So the goal is transformation. And that's coming through uh, renewing your mind to the truth that's being revealed to you. Listen, you have access to it if you're born again. You have the word, okay? Um, So it's not being withheld. The word's uh, been sent. Psalm 107 verse 20 said he sent his word. So the word hasn't been withheld. So you have the catalyst that you need in order to be confronted with truth, so that you can put off old ways of thinking and doing and put on, based on the revelation, the new realities in Christ Jesus, the new righteousness of the kingdom. And when you do that, when you renew your mind, you change your mind, change the way you think, uh, get that old stuff uprooted and pulled up and pulled out and allow the new thought to be planted. It's a higher thought to exchange the old low thought then transformation is a result of that. And your whole appearance is going to change, just like that of a caterpillar into a butterfly. When transformation begins to take place in your life, uh, people will start saying, what happened to you? Maybe friends or family, they'll say, man, you are a totally different purpose, uh, person. Well, yeah, because I've been transformed. Why? Because I changed the way I thought. Based on what? The catalyst of the word. And Holy Spirit is your helper and he's helping you do that Um, by allowing God's word to confront us and challenge our old ways of thinking. We let it give us a perspective or a reality of something that we would not have normally had access to. That my friends is redemption. Oh, praise the Lord for it. Well, we're going to close there and uh, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. Listen, the law of transformation Once we find out how the laws of the kingdom work, then we can utilize them to our own advantage. And I'm telling you, God wants you to be conformed to the image of a son, and you are well on your way. Listen, if we can help you in any way, please reach out to us. If we can agree with you in prayer concerning something in your life, several ways to reach out to us, you can call us 870-741-9099 or send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Hey, listen, I want to say thank you to all of our partners out there. Uh, Some people call them patrons. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Uh, Truly, it has helped us. If you would like to support the podcast and help keep it out there, uh, we're just about on every major platform and adding new ones as they come along. But if you want to help support the podcast, you can do that several ways. To do that, snail mail, PO Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72601 or you can give online, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Or if you're in the United States, you can text to give 84321. That's 84321. And just follow the prompts there. I want to say thank you in advance. Uh, Hallelujah. Well, I hope you were blessed today. I hope you got something out of this. And until next time, friends, be blessed.